percentage of the fact that Megan stopped playing. <laughs> good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all here. A rainy day. At least we don't have to shovel this, like they say. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, you notice we have some birthdays. And uh, one of the birthday boys is sitting right up here, Mr. Long. And uh, Todd is going to have a birthday also. And happy, happy anniversary Wednesday for James and Sandy Buck. So uh, I don't think they're here. And uh, speaking of birthdays, Nancy has uh, arranged a little bit of a treat for everybody that had a birthday during the month of February which included Pastor Sandy, and uh, that will be back on the, on the little table back here. So on the way out, you can grab a little treat as a celebration. And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, we, we noticed you really look older. Yeah. Yeah, but then you go down faster. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, uh, uh, just another little interesting thing that I got in the mail from Hanoverdale Church of the Brethren uh, on Saturday. Uh, they are just to tell you what other congregations are doing. And I, I have an inkling of what they're doing, but they don't actually say it. It was a, a very nice made-up postcard, they're giving away three free meals on three different dates. They're always on a Tuesday. You have to call or go online and sign up, of course, so that they know how many meals they're going to have. It's probably a pre-made meal, but I'm, and then you, it's a drive-through thing. You don't stop and, and go into church, but I'm sure they're trying to get some information out about their congregation, and I thought that was really interesting. So, uh, I like things that are free, so <laughs> I'm going to sign up for it just to see what's going on and also to get a, a meal, which I plan to donate to her. I, hopefully, they'll, they'll take donations, but uh, I just thought that was interesting that they would do that. So uh, churches are alive, and we have to keep that in mind. Yes, yes. I don't think we have anything else that we have to uh, point out at this time. Uh, so, we have an opening hymn. Megan has selected the old rugged cross, a very good one, a very old hymn, but a very good one. Let's stand and sing number 186. Our uh, concerns and our praises, and uh, I assume you have a couple updates for us. Uh, yes, I do. Um, first of all, on our prayer chain, we had had Joyce Strickler on. Mm -hmm. uh, she was taken to Hershey Med Center with very high blood pressure and a few other issues, but in a couple days, she was home. Great. So I did put it through again as a matter of praise that our prayers are being answered, Absolutely. that Joyce could come home and much better with the high blood pressure. She had, does. This is an ongoing issue with her, yeah. and right now, things are not that good 
with the COVID and everything else with her lung issue. She does have a lung issue that is causing some of this apparently. And yet they can't really, I don't know, it, it flares up out of the clear blue and then it's okay and then it's not. And it's just an issue with her. But thank goodness she's okay. I talked to her personally and yeah, I was just, when I called and she answered the phone, I was like totally shocked. I went, Joyce, you're, where are you? <laughs> you know, I, I was really taken off guard with it. And I thought, oh, praise the Lord. I said, said that to her right away. I said, praise the Lord, yeah, that, that you're home and you're feeling as well as you are. And uh, Goldie had just shared with me, uh, Ken Sanders passed away last Friday. And Ken is the husband of Sue. She was Sue Aldinger, which many of us would know. And at one time, they, they came here at, at the time, you know, not real regular, but we all, most of us know who they are. But he had just passed away, and also Anna Jean Dorward. She passed away last week sometime. The 14th, okay, yeah, I didn't have the date. But these are people that our congregation were aware of that knew through the years and in our area that lived here and may have been here different times at church, you know. But anyhow, just wanted to share that, that she had just told me that, and I'm, uh, you know, we just pray for these families that, due to the death, there, there, there's so many deaths lately that we're hearing. Yeah. I'm, I'm hearing a lot. I know I lost quite a few classmates that I graduated with in this past year, since January. I think I lost four. Wow. I had a small class from E-Town, and when I graduated, it was uh, only 95 of us. And I think we're up to about 45 that have passed away. So it's really been, you know, I, and they're my age. It's like, okay, <laughs> we old duffers are, you know, I'm telling you. <sighs> yeah. But, uh, and a lot of people on our, we did some uh, redoing with our prayer chain here, but uh, I know a friend of mine who I graduated with, Fran Bradley, she had been under the COVID. Now, she had COVID and pneumonia and was in the hospital. Her daughter also at the same time at Hershey Med Center the last couple weeks. Now they're at the granddaughter's <laughs> that is taking care of them because she can do her work at home. But here she is with her mother and her grandmother, home from the hospital but with her. Yeah. And then Fran, in the process, when she was admitted to the hospital, had many strokes. Oh. And this is, so it just made the issue worse. Yeah. But thank goodness I have talked to her, she's better. I talked to uh, Linda Daub also, and she's doing okay, you know, but these people have issues with the lungs. She does too, just like Joyce, and they cannot be here. And they really miss everyone. They told me to share with all of you when I talked to them, just tell Kahnawaga, thank you for praying for us all the time that they really appreciate it. And, and Joyce said, I can feel it. I could feel it waiting for a test to be done and I was so anxious about having that stress test. And she said, all of a sudden, a calm feeling came over me. Yeah. And we had prayed at that time. When I got the call, I made sure we got it all through before she had that stress test done. And it, you know, God just works in his way that, oh, absolutely. you know, she was just so thankful. Good. So anyhow, that's what I have. Okay. Anyone else have something they'd like to share? 
Pastor Sandy, you're right here. Let me use my own microphone here so we don't have really nice. I was sort of amazed by that. <laughs> okay. There's probably other things in my mind, but it evaporated. I'll mention two people. We we had Lisa Nye on our prayer guide, and we took her off because she completed her radiation therapy. And talking to her mom this past week, she, she's doing really well. Her energy's back. We have Kevin Zorn on our prayer guide because he's on ongoing uh, chemo. He is in remission from bone cancer. But I, I'm talking to my sister-in-law. She said he picked up some supplies for his employees, paid the bill, came home, and laid the bill on the counter. And a few moments later, back, he goes, well, what's this from? She said, well, you put it there. You, he went to the store. He goes, well, I didn't go there. He had no recall of driving or buying anything. So he's having trouble with his memory, so that would be prayer. He was going to get a brain scan done to see uh, what the problem is. Did you ask her what happened to her? She, 
well, no, it must be she hit me. <laughs> anyway, um, my mother-in-law um, praises that she walked 21 feet this past week. They finally could get her out of her room to go to therapy. Um, she had to quarantine for, I don't know how many days, but so now that they can take her to the room that they do rehab with, she's doing much better. Um, 21 feet might not seem like much to some, but it's amazing to us. Um, her main thing is she still tries to sit too soon. She gets excited when she sees a chair and she <laughs> tries to sit too soon. But um, um, as far as her memory, she does have, um, help me out, I always forget, dementia. <laughs> um, so sometimes she seems like she knows what's going on. Others she doesn't. The biggest thing is days and nights. We'll talk to her in the evening and she thinks it's morning. Um, so continue to pray for her. And um, our two-year-old grandson had his tonsils and adenoids taken out on Wednesday. And yesterday, my daughter-in-law had to take him back to the hospital because he is dehydrated. He won't drink. He wasn't eating much. Medicine was a chore to get into him. So um, he has an IV, so he's getting fluids. But they need to actually see him drink before he can come home. So I'm not sure when that will be. Um, but he had them out because he was having issues with his uh, um, oxygen when he was sleeping and stuff so <clears throat> it needed to be done so now we just have to it's hard to get a two-year-old to understand that he has to drink so keep him in your prayers too please thank you so <laughs> the arm Let me tell you that Helen Bleacher called me the other day, and she sounded wonderful. Good. She did say that she fell in the garage uh, trying to get a dog that was running loose or something. She was afraid it was going to be too cold. So anyway, she did fall, but she sounded wonderful when she called. She talked for a long time. So that's good news. I'm good. I just had surgery on have um, bone that was had arthritis in it removed a couple places in my hand, and a tendon moved to help take care of that, but... It's all good, and two more weeks it comes off, so. <laughs> well, you might have had to. If it would not have been a Sunday, the other last Sunday, I would have been calling the doctor saying, please take it off. <laughs> no, I'm claustrophobic, and sometimes I feel like my arm is just like, <laughs> and I can't stand it. <laughs> I know, what can I say? <laughs> but it's good. It's all good. Good, good. I thought you had corporal. Mom, same, same. Okay. Anyone else before? I, yes, John. During Sunday school, we were talking about uh, the wisdom of the world compared to the wisdom of God's people. Right. And the impression that I had in a word as I listened to the discussion was one of self-satisfaction. And, and I think self-satisfaction is a first cousin to self-righteousness. Okay. And uh, I just felt like I ought to say that. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. 
But I, like I say before, I don't remember all names and situations. So you all heard there's various things to pray about, and we want to pray about them. So uh, let's come together in corporate par- prayer right now for these situations and other situations that weren't even mentioned. Heavenly Father, thank you for hearing our concerns. Thank you for hearing our joys, and we do have joys. It's just that the concerns flare up far more than the joys do, unfortunately. Lord, you are the God of healing. You are the great physician. And you know far more than what we could ever even imagine in our feeble little brains. Lord, you heard various concerns that were mentioned here. And we ask you to intercede where you feel it is important. We know that you have plans that we don't even realize. So, Lord, we still come to you in prayer because you say you want to hear from us. And so we pray. And we ask for your guidance. We ask for your healing. We ask for your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much that you are the one that has everything in the palm of your hands. And we do have joys, Lord. Thank you for people who have gotten good results from tests, for people who are home from the hospital, for people who are just uh, enjoying the fact that they are with family. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you so much. Lord, we think outside of our own community, outside of our own families, about brothers and sisters throughout the world who are struggling because they believe in you and because they give their alliance to you. Lord, we think of the brothers and sisters in Nigeria and Syria, China, Russia, all over the world, Lord. Wherever oppression is, we ask that you keep those folks tight to your chest. Scoop them up in your mighty arm, Lord. Protect them Give them hope. Give them the ability to persevere. Thank you, Lord, that we know that you hear their prayers. And we know that they are faithful to you. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we also pray for this country, this nation, Lord, that was founded on the belief in you and your son. Lord, we seem to be just falling away more and more each day. Lord, would you please bring us back. Grant us revival. Grant us mercy. Grant us your your loving care. Lord, we, we, this remnant of believers, want to expand our influence on this nation. Give us the ability to do so, Lord. Don't allow people to turn their backs on you. Help us to stop that flow. Thank you, Lord. We also pray, Lord, for our leaders. We may not agree with them. We may not have wanted them in the position they are, but they are there because you have granted that ability for them to be there. And, Lord, we wish that and hope and pray that they will do the best and that they will follow your guidance. Help them, Lord, to understand that you are the one that we owe allegiance to and not to them. Thank you, Lord. Lord, help us 
Help us, help us. Give us your son, as you have done so many years ago, to relieve us from sin. And we pray that we can do so throughout our lives. Thank you, Lord, for everything you have done for us. And we pray this in your son's holy name, Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, and your loving Son. Amen. Before we move out of this section, if you can't say amen, say oh me. <laughs> I tell you, I think she must have heard about the uh, the theory of gospel music that my that my whole family uh, had this theory. Now I don't know if it come from somewhere else, but she must have heard about it. That and here I can remember my brother Kirk playing the right hand, all right, and my brother Jim playing the left hand with his right hand. Yeah, somebody explain this, all right? And they 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 played about half the notes right. right. You do way better. <laughs> and, and, and here's the theory of music, uh, of gospel music. If you can't do it right, do it loud. <laughs> All of you need to do that. But, you know, some people say, oh, well, I don't think I can sing very good. You know, I, I don't have a singing voice. You know what? That, that's the lamest excuse in the world is, you know, that you can't sing. Rejoice in the Lord. Give voice to it. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And that, and that really is the point. Praise the Lord. We need, you know, does God need your praises? <laughs> God, God doesn't need your praises. I think he enjoys your praises. If it's from your heart and you've given your heart to him, he enjoys whatever you voice to him. Praising him. He's worthy of our praises. You know that. You know that. Amen, friend. Thank you very much, Megan. Yeah, just more of the same. And, you know, some people say, well, you know, and, Music in church, you know, it needs to be subdued, you know. Well, there's a place for that. Some songs are more of a subdued uh, type song, you know, prayer prayer songs. That, that's all right, all right. But I'll tell you, if you never get around to loud, I think there's a problem, all right? I'm just saying. I'm just saying what's on my mind here, all right. And, and, and uh, yeah, well, okay. Do uh, you know how long it's been since I've been, I almost, it's been so long I almost forgot how to preach. Do you think that's true? Yeah, it's a little bit like, like riding a bicycle probably, you know. <laughs> but it's been a long time. It was the last Sunday of January. Did you know when the, 
the, uh, when the 31st of January is on a Sunday, then the last Sunday of February is on the 28th of February, all right, except uh, it's not the last day of February if it's a leap year. Yeah, well, all right. We, uh, we, we will continue to pester Mike. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll have to do, and, and he'll, I can get him to hide under the front pew, I bet. You know, about me showing up on my birthday to preach and nobody else was here. <laughs> Took over two hours to get here, you know, and then, then I found out, oh, they called off, okay. By the way, somebody suggested, how about if we uncancel? And I go, no, you never uncancel anything. You know, it's, uh, that's <laughs> a nice thought. I appreciate the thought. Uh, anyway, I had a nice birthday, though, even though that was my birthday. Uh, I had a nice birthday. We, we, uh, we went down to West Green Tree, saw uh, Dave and Sylvia Coble down there. That was nice to see them and shake their hand. And uh, yeah, that was, we enjoyed uh, being down there, being in, being in the sun. Old folks, I don't know what the name of the class was, but, but I go, I told the guy at the door, he says, yeah, we're interested in the old folks Sunday school class. Oh, that's right. He, he knew what I was talking about. <laughs> down the hall, clear at the end. All right. <laughs> oh, well, all right. Now, this was, uh, this was the sermon I was going to preach on my birthday, all right? So now I just told uh, Sue in the office, I said, nah, just put the same thing in. It won't be the same sermon that I was going to preach then, but that's all right. Um, I don't know that I can ever preach the same sermon twice. And uh, I got more notes. I tell you what, if I use all these notes, we'll be here till about... 2.30. Yeah, well, so I, so, and maybe I won't use those. I'll just use this. All right. You know, and you know what, really? So, uh, uh, here, here's one of the things that determines the length of sermons. <laughs> blame it on God. Let's blame it on God. Uh, you know, when I can't sleep Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning, all right, so I dozed off a couple times in there, but I'm mostly awake till at least 3 or 3.30, you know, when I'm praying and, you know, and the longer I, so here I am, can you imagine this? Here I am, you know, trying to go to sleep, and I get all these sermon ideas, and the longer it goes, the more ideas I got. So, you know, if God doesn't let me go to sleep, well, you're just going to have a long sermon. That's all I can say about that. <laughs> we are in 1 John today. And uh, guess what we're preaching about? We're trying to preach about sin. And uh, it really comes from the, uh, the first verse of chapter 2 of 1 John my title, that you may not sin, that you may not 
sin. And uh, let's read the passage. We're going to read the tail end of chapter 1 and then go on into the first half of uh, 1 John chapter 2. All right. Uh, Beginning with verse 8. 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 says, If we say, if you say, that's we, that's me too. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Do you deceive your own heart? Yeah, you know, that brother said something about, uh, you know, self-satisfaction. If you're satisfied with the level of sin in your life, yeah, you're in trouble. You say, God, I want out of this. I want things to change. And uh, I don't know what it's like to be in, in uh in my 80s, but I do know what it is to be in my 70s, 71 now, 71. Uh, By the way, you can keep track of my, because I was born in 1950, you know exactly by the year how old I am. Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, I would describe it as satisfied dissatisfaction. I'm satisfied with my Savior. I'm satisfied with his gospel. I'm satisfied that that I serve a risen Savior. I'm satisfied that he gives uh, his Holy Spirit and the gifts. I'm satisfied that that, uh, he's made us his people. Uh, I'm satisfied. But I'm not satisfied the fact that in myself and in my brothers and sisters in Christ, there still is this propensity, this tendency to sin. And this is, uh, you know, and we think about, you know, politics. You know, by the way, it says, pray for your enemies. <laughs> well, that could be the people in politics. Uh, you know, bless them, don't curse them. Uh, remember what God did to the Apostle Paul before he was converted. Paul was miraculously converted. And you know what? God's still in the business, and he could do that to some of those politicians. Don't underestimate God. You can underestimate the politicians, that's all right. I don't care. If there are or D, I, you know, st- there, our salvation is not in politicians or in the seat of power or really in the government or the constitution or whatever. That's not, no, I'm, I'm glad for that we do things decently and in order, hopefully in our government, but well, may, maybe not so much. We can pray for good things from our government. It's not wrong to ask for that. It's not wrong to pray for righteousness in the nation. 
Righteousness exalts any nation. And, and, and so we need to pray. Oh, God, help us. But, but somewhere in there, we have to put ourselves inside the circle. I'm out there too, and I need the working of God in my life to overcome sin or us. One way or the other, I'm pretty much in the same boat as, as the most wicked, poli uh, corrupt politician you could come up with. All right, we are, yeah, prone to sin and that old carnal nature. And the main difference between Christians and non-Christians is what? Is Christ in our lives, but the, the thing that links us together, yeah, we're all sinners. My, my. And we sort of forget that. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Let's go on. I, I, I haven't even got to the best part. <laughs> if we confess, that verse 9, if we confess, do you confess? Conf you cannot do a confession with your mouth closed. You said, I thought it in my brain. No, no, no. Confessing means to open your mouth. I don't care if there's anybody around it at all or not as far as what you can see. The angels can hear. The devil can hear. God can hear. If we confess our sins, he, that's the Lord, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. What does that mean? We're in a dark place. We've given our heart to the wrong thing. Little, my little children, thank you. Thank you for calling me a little kid. By the way, I'm just a little kid in a, old body. <laughs> so in the Lord, how far down the road are you? My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. This word is given to get us out of sin. All right. By the way, there's a whole whole theology thing that says that the whole discussion of sin in the Bible is out of date and that, uh, it no, you know, we should just leave that out of the picture just like the blood of Christ and some other things. I heard that, I heard that 40, almost 50 years ago. And it's not getting any less. And if you watch, you know, if you listen to, anybody here listen to, to radio preachers and, and television preachers, Watch, watch what they say about sin. Watch what they say about the blood of Christ. Because if they're not talking about the blood of Christ and they're not talking about sin, we, you have eclipsed a major portion of the gospel. And yeah, and it puts us in a dark place. No, he wants us that we may not sin. If anyone sins, yeah, Anyone, aren't you glad it says anyone? If anyone sins, well, it's all those evil people. 
all those crooked, evil people, corrupt people. Uh, no, no, no. If any one. You know what? That's me. Is that you? Yeah, you, you need to see yourself in that word. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation, $64,000 word, which means what? Mercy seat. Really means mercy seat. The mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant, it's saying for believers, it's not that Ark of the Covenant and those cherubim and the, and, and the mercy place there on the Ark of the Covenant. No, no. For us, it's Jesus. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for our, ours only, but also the whole world. By the way, Jesus didn't die just for Christians. He died for everybody. Will, every, will that be appropriated out to people that reject him and scorn him? No, but he died for them. He died for them. Whoever will believe. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps, that's obeys, keeps his word, truly the love of God is the love of God. Do you see that? The love, the agape of God. The agape of, that's the love of the cross, what Jesus did. The reason Jesus went to the cross, the thing that motivated Jesus to go to the cross, to die for your sins and my sins, that's the agape love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. By what? By agape. Agape, what Jesus did on the cross. And you don't want to lay down your life for the well-being and salvation of others. And there would never be any missionaries <laughs> if nobody ever did this. Uh, I've talked to a lot of missionaries that didn't want to go. They were scared silly. <laughs> and God did amazing things. But with ordinary people, way more ordinary than you. <laughs> One guy toughed it out from 1920 to 1930 or 31. He toughed it out over there in Nigeria. He sort of told God he didn't want to be there. And his wife died, and then he, a daughter died from some jungle disease over there. But then he got a few converts. 
And today, even under persecution, you talk about Nigerian persecution, even under Nigerian persecution, there's well over a million in worship today because of Stover Culp and, and the friend that he was over there with. Yeah, it was Agape that took Stover Culp to Nigeria. You got your own little mission field in your backyard if you look close. Verse 6 says, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Just as he, how did Jesus walk? And we're not talking about putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah, well, we pretty much all do that. Some faster than others. I notice it goes slower the older you get, it goes slower. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm connecting to a few folks here, you know. How did Jesus walk? Book of Acts says, I'm not sure, yeah, this, comment, this was one that didn't come to me in the middle of the night. Book of Acts says that Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Do you go around doing good? Do you, do you seek to bring healing, well-being, wholeness, the, uh, on earth as it is in heaven, into people's lives? Hmm. Yeah. That's how he walked. He walked in righteousness. We're going to come back to that verse. Verse 7 says, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you've heard from the beginning. Is what? Yeah. The... the, the, the intelligent, educated guy said to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well, you know, so what's, what's in the scriptures? What, what, is, what does it say? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and the second one is just like it, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that's, that's Old Testament, folks. So it's old. But notice John doesn't uh, stop there. By the Holy Spirit, he goes into verse 8. He says, again, all right, so we're going to say it again. The old thing is what? Again, a new commandment I write to you. 
Which thing is true in him, in who? In Jesus, in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. In him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. By the way, don't wait for the glory of heaven to be in the glory. Get in it now. Hmm? And, 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 and let me say it again. What is new about the new commandment that Jesus says, a new commandment I gave unto you, that you what? That you love one another, even what? Even, here's the new part, even as I have loved you, that you love one another. That's a new part. We didn't have that in the Old Testament. Jesus setting the pace, the example, how to do it, the way to walk. And he wants you to do that. He wants me to do that. New commandment, I write to you. This thing is true in him. That's in Jesus, this, this new thing. He's the standard. And in you, is he in your heart by faith? Well, have you? the issue is, have you invited him in? And have you said, Lord Jesus, you are my Lord. I give my heart to you, Lord. And the darkness, under that set of circumstances, the darkness will pass away. True light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. A lot of people running around thinking, oh, you know, I'm doing just fine. Can't stand, can't stand whoever. <laughs> You got, a, you got a list of people where you can't stand them? Uh, you're going to... Yeah, okay. <laughs> there is a thing that as a believer... I have Christ in my heart, yet I still do stupid, sinful things. <laughs> and here's this brother or a sister that's a believer, has Christ in their heart, and guess what? They still do stupid, sinful things. No, no, no. We cannot head off in, in the opposite directions. We must find Jesus and be at his feet together as much as we can. And it's, it's not that we have to agree with everybody on everything, but as much as possible, press on into the things of Christ and to do, press on in by God's spirit, press on in Press on in, and guess what? You'll find your break. If they're doing that and you're doing it, well, you'll be in Christ together. That is supposedly the idea of church. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. He does it, what? In spite of us. He will work it. He will, he will keep working. If we, if we give him half a chance, and we invite him to, oh God, do this, all right? 
True light is already shining. Verse 9 says, He who says he is in the light hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother, agape, not, it's not talking about affection. It's not talking about cuddly, kissy stuff. <laughs> By the way, I'm not against that. Let me say it again. I'm not against that. You know, the, the affectionate stuff. In fact, it, the Bible uh, clearly says we ought to have natural affection one toward the other. And we're in a culture that is going into unnatural affection. All right. But that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about agape, the, what Jesus did on the cross. He who loves his brother, who loves the love of the cross for his brother, abides in the light. And there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and does not know where he is going. Because a darkness, the darkness has blinded his eyes. Um, I think I'm going to leave off there. It'll be good if I get that covered. <laughs> All right. My topic is sinning not. With, in parenthesis in my title, I said, what is the opposite of sin? Goodbye, goodbye, Christine and Paul. We're just, we're, 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 we're happy you're, there's something important to go to. <laughs> so I can't, I couldn't resist. I just couldn't. So if you do that, I'll do that to you too. What does it mean to move from repeated sin to no sin at all? What is the opposite of sinning? Now, there's a number of things that define what sin is. Let, let me, uh, I got a few of those. I got a long list of them and I only do a couple of them. Um, let's, do, uh, let, let's do Romans 14.23. Go to Romans 14.23. You're going to, you're going to hear the leaves rustling in the breeze today. Turn, turn in your Bible. It's good to turn in your Bible if you have it with you or push the button if you're using a device. Romans 14, 23, which is, which is the last verse of Romans 14. It's talking about eating meat and whatever you eat and having an argument over who's weak and who's strong. That's verse 21. And uh, whether or not you're having faith before God and whether they're having faith. And uh, Here's verse 23. He, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith and whatever is not from faith is sin. 
Yikes. You mean if I do something and it, it doesn't have faith in it, it's sin? Oh, right. Well, that's what it says. And so, if, so, if somebody has a big hang-up about something, whether, whether you agree with it or, or not, whether you think their idea is biblical or not, if they are fully persuaded in their own mind and that's part of their conscience, don't ask them to violate their conscience. Ask them to stay in faith and you respect them. All right, really? Yeah, that, we, all of us do a crummy job of, of this probably at one time or another. Faith is a key component of not sinning. Further you move into faith, the further you're going to move from sin. From sin into faith. All right, can you see that? Let me give you another one. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 17. James, that's back there after Hebrews. James chapter 4, verse 17. Again, it's the last verse of the chapter, which is a way of saying, yeah, well, later, check this out. <laughs> the, whole, the whole context. Know the context. I'm just doing one verse here. Connecting to this thing of what is sin, what defines sin, what in the world is the opposite of sin? Verse 17 of James 4 says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does it not, or does not do it, to him it is sin. Ooh. In other words, not just... <laughs> Refraining from murder, refraining from adultery, re, uh, you know, refrain from being nasty to your parents, refrain from uh, uh, covetousness, re, you know, and all the other commands. No, no, no. It's just not to do that stuff. Where does that get you? That gets you back to zero. That gets you to ground level. When when Adam and Eve fell into sin, how far did they fall? Hello, down there. Wait. We, we have no working concept of how deep Adam and Eve fell into sin, that is, fell into evil and being under the power of the evil one. We, we, we really don't, we don't work that out until what? Until all of a sudden, so I'm down here in, the, in a big hole of sin. I was born down in the hole. Deep hole of sin. Hey, hey, nobody had to teach me to sin. Nobody had to teach me to throw my brother through a, a storm door and, you know, he got scars on, on his body. I was... I was a teenager and he wasn't quite. 
Nobody had to teach me to do that. I just did it. It's part of the thing of being in this place called sin and a sin nature. And dogs do dog things and fish do fish 